Hello and welcome back to the Platinum Business Break Podcast. And today's episode is sponsored by the 45 Plus Life Coach. And hey, today's sponsor, 45 Life Coach, was founded, was created for a couple reasons. One, uh, hence the name, uh, once you get over 45, you know, working in, in business gets tough, especially if you're looking for a job, trying to keep up with technology, you know, career counseling and all that. So uh, that's the reason for the name. But also the 45 plus life coach can help businesses do any type of, uh, you know, uh, leadership coaching or just coaching in general if you have some dysfunctional teams. And do want to say this, hey, coaching is not counseling, right? So if counseling is needed, that's not, not what, what we do. Because uh, counseling deals with things of the past, coaching deals with where you're at now and how you move forward. So anyway, just a quick little plug there. Again, this is uh, Platinum Business Break Podcast in today's episode, and I'm super, super excited about this one, is called, Have You Recalibrated Your Compass Lately? Let me say it one more time. Have you recalibrated your compass lately? And it's season three, episode eight, and we're going to jump right in. Quick little story. So I, I was on vacation recently on a cruise ship for about eight days, and uh, during, you know, had a great time unplugged, which we should all do, by the way, if you're not taking time off for, uh, you know, mental health, for self-care, just to recharge, uh, you should be doing that. Okay, life's too short. Make sure you're taking some time off. So anyway, with that, I was on a cruise ship and uh, one, of, one of the days uh, the boat actually had to do a 360 degree spin and if you're seeing on the video, you can on my hands on the bottom left, you can see spinning around. And the reason they do this, they, they had to reset the compass. And the reason they had to do that is a ship's compass, uh, it gets, gets knocked off a little bit due to, you know, cell phones on the ship, vibrations from the engine, other ships, other electronics, uh, solar flares, sunspot, all that kind of stuff. And think about this. If you're on a giant cruise ship and it's off by one or two degrees, that will that will impact your course. Because if you're going somewhere, you need you know two points, point of origin, point of destination. But if your uh, compass is pointing in the wrong direction, even if it's off a little bit, it, you're going to you're going to miss your mark. Captain said that's what we're doing. We're we're going to reset our compass. So I thought that was really cool. So I had an epiphany. I'm thinking, hey, you know, I need to reset my own personal compass. I mean, it's one of the reasons I was on vacation, right? Is because, uh, you know, let's, let's be honest. If you're in business, whether you work for a company or you own your own business, man, business is a steamroller. Business just, just kind of rolls over you and you get tired. And, and I've been like that lately. Uh, you know, this year has been, been kind of a tough year. It's just been really busy, a lot going on. I, I've kind of compromised in some ways on some things, you know, and, you know, I've got my core beliefs. I got my values. I got, you know, my vision, kind of what I want to do. But, you know, when you're tired and you're beat down, you you let allow, you know, things to happen that you normally wouldn't. Maybe allow people to treat you a certain way that you normally wouldn't be treated or uh, maybe negotiate a deal that you normally wouldn't do just because you, you've given up or, or whatever. But my point is this, is, is if you're tired, you're wore down, it starts, you know, impacting your, your decisions, your, your judgment. So again, time off, um, even if it's a weekend to reflect, unplug everything and, and reset your compass. As I was thinking about, you know, that resetting of the compass and clearing my mind and go, wait a minute, what do I believe? You know, every day we're all faced with a lot of different decisions. And sometimes those decisions are good or bad. But the main thing is, are you able to make decisions that align with your core values, your your, your manifesto, you know, what, what you believe? 
And I think that's really the challenge in business and life, whether it's your personal life or business, you need to run any decision you have through a filter. You know, some people it's, it might be, you know, spiritual through, through, through their, through the Bible, you know, or it could be whatever your core values are, your family traditions, but you want to run that, those decisions you make through a filter. So, you know, you're going to stay on course. Okay. I hope that makes sense. So let's, you know, what are core values? So core values, and and I got this from Indeed.com. I mean, I think this is a really great definition. Core values are personal ethics or ideals that guide you when making decisions, building relationships, and solving problems. Identifying the values that are meaningful to you can help you develop and achieve personal and professional goals. Can't say it any better than that. I kind of started thinking, hey, what are the core values that I have? I mean, I know what they are. I've written them down, but I really, really try to think, you know, what what do I believe? You know, how how things should be. And, and I'm focusing this more towards business. So it's not necessarily personal, but there's some personal stuff in there. So I'm going to start with, I call, I'm just going to call it my manifesto. You know, people, Ooh, manifesto, that sounds like, you know, it's like a, a third world country leader is, He's just published his manifesto. No, what manifesto means is a public declaration of values, views, and the direction. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to declare kind of how I think things should be in business, okay? So this is going to be interesting. I think this is, you know, might offend some. Sorry. But this is the way I think things should be. And some people, oh, this gets too idealistic. No, it's not. I've been in. I've been doing. I've been in business over thirty years. I've been working since I'm almost sixty. I've been working since I was fourteen years old, like most of us, right? I know how business should go. I know how I want to be treated if I'm a customer. So that's what kind of all this comes from. All right. So we're going to jump right in. All right, let's start. So um, and again, I'm going to do four or five per screen. So I'm going to kind of read through these. So my opening kind of statement for my manifesto. Again, this is this is regarding business. Business should not be hard, difficult, or stressful. It should be fun, energizing, exciting, beneficial to customers, uplifting, empowering. I reject the notion that business has to be some sort of beatdown every day, that you should leave work stressed. And, you know, again, we in other podcasts, I have worn out the, the, the employee engagement statistics from Gallup. But it's what I call, what is it, the Sunday afternoon flu? You know, about Sunday, about three o'clock, you start thinking about, oh, I got to go to work tomorrow. And, and then you get terrible sleep that night because you're stressing and you're thinking about all the stuff that you know is waiting on you, right? Business shouldn't be like that. I'm sorry. It's, I've worked like that for too many companies and for too long. And it's just, that's not the way business should be, all right? So with that, Communication is job one. Now, again, I always say, you know, leadership, right? Leadership is important. Vision is important. But, you know, communication. But communication is kind of that glue that helps make, make everything work and kind of the, the kind of creates the culture. Communication must be from leadership. And, it, and it's got to be a consistent message. Confusion leads to chaos. And let me tell you, customers, your customers know that. Don't think that they don't. They do. If they see chaos in an organization, it's it, a lot of it is communication. A lot of it's lack of leadership. But communication is ju- it's just even in, in large publicly traded companies or small family companies where you have people sitting next to each other. Communication is terrible. That is one of the things that we all need to do better is communicate. All right. All right. Next one. Business should be operating with excellence in mind 
making it easy for leadership, management, and all the team members to work on and in the business. Now, some of us, it's our job to work in the business, the day-to-day making things happen. Some people, if you're leadership, it's your job to work on the business. But there is there is a, a, a connection. There is, is a dovetail. There is an overflow. Because while you're working on the business, you got to be aware of what's happening in the business, all right? So, but you got to think about excellence in mind. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute in another point. Companies and the team members and the customers should share a common vision, a common purpose, and culture, all right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with deciding how you're going to do business and the who you want to do business with. You don't want to do business with jerks or, or customers who abuse your your employees, right? Uh, in fact, I think there's a, a, a book by Carl Sewell. You know, I think it's In Search of Excellence. It's about the Sewell uh, family of dealerships in the Dallas, Texas area. And he says it is absolutely okay to fire a customer, okay? So I believe that if someone does not fit in with your your vision, your purpose, and your culture, you get rid of them. Okay. Again, mention that in a minute. It should be easy for customers to do business with your company. And you should execute the basics flawlessly. Now, again, you've those of you who listen to my podcast, you've heard me talk about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is a very good experience. Even if the drive-through is long, you know you are going to get through that drive-through pretty quick. And your order is going to be right. And the food is good. In a friendly face goes, it's my pleasure because everyone in that organization knows what the mission is. They know how to execute the basics flawlessly. In fact, again, I was on a cruise ship, a carnival cruise ship, and it was an eight-day cruise. The amazing part of that is when that boat pulled into the port you know, the day we boarded, they have a probably a four- to six-hour turnaround time. They get all the you know the, the passengers off. All their luggage, they get all the trash, they get the septic system, they have to refuel, they have to, you know, get new food on, you know, all the drinks, you know, alcohol, you know, all the stuff they're putting back on to resupply the ship. And then they get the new passengers on with their luggage. And then by the time you get to your stateroom in a, in a few hours, your stateroom is clean and ready to go. That is that is amazing. And here's the other thing we were told on this particular cruise, they served over 20,000 meals. Just unbelievable. The just and the other thing about that is, if you've ever been on a cruise ship, a lot of a lot of the the team members, the employees, they're from all around the globe. But when they're on that ship, they kind of say, "Hey, we're going to execute the basics. We're going to we're going to make it easy for our customers." They kind of you know they adapt to the carnival culture. But it's just amazing to see this big group of people come together and just it's just amazing how they execute the basics flawlessly. Okay. I mean, if you could do that on a floating hotel, why can't it happen in your business? Right. Cause your business isn't that complex. I guarantee you, you look at a cr- cruise ship operation. There is nothing, maybe, maybe a space, you know, launch of the SpaceX or something, but that cruise ship for everything to go right. There's so many things that have to happen and they have to be executed flawlessly. Okay. That's all I'm saying. All right. Enough of that. Your business needs to create raving fans, not just satisfied customers. Again, this is a Ken Blanchard thing. He's got a book called Raving Fan, how to, you know, how to create raving fans. And that's kind of the whole thing is, is you don't want people who are just satisfied. You want people who are like, oh, I, you know, I don't want to do business anywhere else. 
So is your business creating raving fans? And it kind of goes back to the previous point. You don't want to leave anything to chance. Leave nothing to chance internally, especially when dealing with customers. Now, uh, another book that, that I really enjoyed is called Chet Holmes, uh, The Ultimate Sales Machine. You know, He's like, look, you shouldn't leave anything to chance. And how many times in business do you have a customer call or something happens and it's like the first time you've ever heard of the problem or the situation, but it's really not. You've, you've actually solved that problem multiple times before, but you don't leave anything from chance. I mean, I'm talking scripts. How do you answer uh, you know, uh, a mad customer? How do, how do you answer these questions? Leave nothing to chance, especially with dealing with customers. All right, the next one, leadership and upper management must be fully engaged with frontline team members and customers. I don't know how many companies that I have worked with or, or worked for that the up, they're allergic to customers. They don't want to talk to customers. They don't want to engage with the frontline employees. I, I work for a company and the upper management, they, they would, um, you know, this is before COVID, but, you know, they would be in a, 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 a you know, an office building, office space. In the upper management, they would not engage anyone else other than than each other you know just the upper management they if you were lower level they they wouldn't even look at you in fact you'd have to <clears throat> hey how are you doing you have to engage them you could tell they were uncomfortable and i think that's pretty sad uh you know they walk by you in the hallway not even look at you and these are the people making them money these are the people making them successful and they don't even want to engage with them then try to transfer a mad customer call to them you ain't going to get anybody. That It is so important for leadership and upper management to be fully engaged with frontline team members and customers. Just saying, okay? All right. Show me a business with no vision or core values, and I'll show you a company who is engulfed in chaos and confusion. And the customers know. You could take that to the bank and cash that check, I promise. A company a business with no vision or core values, and then you could add poor communication to that. I'll show you a company who's in complete, utter chaos. Okay, it's it's the truth, right? Next one. Now, this is more kind of product-related, but lock down existing products and services completely before you try to innovate or go to the next big thing. No loose ends, gaps, or ambiguity with your existing products or service. I see this so often is companies halfway launch a product and then they're on to the next new thing. So everyone's got to deal with the deficiencies, you know, whether it's, you know, you don't have a manual, you don't have instructions, uh, you don't know how how to, to sell it, you don't know how to do returns, you don't know how to repair it. And this is a chronic, I believe. To get a product to market, uh, most companies do a very, very poor job. They don't communicate. And the worst part is they don't communicate their sales force. And, hey, we got a new product and Salespeople start getting phone calls on this new product or service, and they have no idea on it. I tell you what, that is probably you know the, the biggest thing I see, you know, especially from the sales side. But you also have to take your existing products, make sure you have it all down. Have it down stone cold. We got this down. Now we're ready for the next one, okay? Okay, you also want to, and this is the next one, you want to stay in your core business and, and core competency, if not, you want to start another separate business or division so there's no dilution or delusion. And yeah, I said that. Don't be delusional. You don't want to dilute your business. And I've seen that in businesses where they had a core business. They were really good in one thing. And they kind of kind of plugged on. And, and that's the term I heard and I hate. And be, oh, we got a bolt-on. We got this bolt-on business. No such thing, folks. If it's not part of your core, it's it, it's not a bolt-on. A bolt-on, guess what? Bolt-on stuff gets loose, shakes, and falls off. 
All right. So you have to stay in your core business. If not, you start a separate division, a separate company. That's the way to do it. All right. Management must remove all obstacles in the path of their team members and customers. Now, this is a uh, Edwards Deming. So uh, Edwards Deming, he's one of my, my favorite uh, uh, quality guys that I've read and studied. He's deceased. He was around post-World War II. He's the one who got Japan on their quality path. In fact, Japan, their highest quality award is called the Deming Award. Okay, so do little, it's D-E-M-I-N-G. One of his favorite quotes is, a bad process will beat a good person every time. So it is the, and this is one of his axioms, is management must remove all the obstacles in the path of team members and customers. The team, the, the frontline people can't do it themselves. They have to have, that's what management's there for. Management and leadership is there to take away all those obstacles and let those people at the front line, whether it's, you know, customer service, order management, salespeople, whatever, let them run and do what they're supposed to do, okay? Lastly, on this page, Customers should be valued partners. Um, I see this a lot. We we don't. Uh, you know, I had you know one company I was I was involved with. You know, they said, oh, you know, we got to bleed the company. You know, we got to bleed the 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 purple of of our company. We bleed purple. You know, I'm just making that up to change the the guilty here. <laughs> but the but I don't believe in in being so you know blind to what's going on in the marketplace that you don't see what your customers are going through. To me, I always tell people I bleed what my customers are bleeding. My customers are going to bleed either red or green. So if a, if a customer is bleeding red, that means you're costing them business. And a lot of businesses cost their customers business because they're poor suppliers. The other thing is, you know, if a customer is bleeding green, that means, hey, they're, prof they're a valued, they're a profitable partner. We're helping them make money. So anyway, that's all I'm saying is customers should be value partners, share common goals and values. If you, if you don't have, if you're trying to sell to someone that doesn't fit in your core or fit your beliefs, you know, you got to fire them because that customer will never be happy and they'll, they'll end up costing you money and they'll be happier somewhere else. Okay. I know that's, that's the tough, that's a tough one. A lot of people will push back on that one, but I, that's what my experience has shown me. All right. Next page. Team members should leave work feeling uplifted, energized, and have a sense of accomplishment looking forward to the next day. That is what having a vision ingrained in the business will do for you. And again, I've got other podcasts. My last two podcasts were, were on vision. Um, listen to those. But, you know, people, oh, that's, that is surely utopic what you just described. I disagree. I disagree. You should leave work excited energized. Hey, I got a lot done today. And, and you shouldn't lose any sleep. If that's the case, then your team members, they don't have enough bandwidth. They're stressed. Management's not doing anything to help them. Okay. So work should be enjoyable. I, again, I know a lot of people, probably most people are going to just push back on that. You know why? It's because they've never known how to, how to enjoy their work. All right. Uh, my next one, personal well-being, mental health, and self-care of team members is a priority. Must be, you know, it's right up there. Because if your people are not doing well, again, I got a, another podcast. I think it's uh, uh, Your Business is in Trouble, uh, part two. Listen to that one. I kind of talk about that. I, I talk about an article. Um, but personal well being, mental health, and self care of team members is a priority. Because if you don't have healthy, again, physically, mentally healthy team members, or if, you're, if your business is the reason that they do have poor mental health, uh, that's a problem. All right. 
Uh, last one on this page, everyone must be aligned. They must always be rowing in the same direction. Again, I see a lot of businesses where, you know, you have silos and those silos are competing against each other. And that's a problem. That's a big problem. And again, that causes confusion. It causes chaos. And guess what? Your customers know it. All right. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting to get it. Customer feedback is important, but you should be anticipating the customer's wants or needs. I mean, you look at Apple, you look at, you know, Steve Jobs, you go back and you find that video of him introducing, you know, the iPod. I mean, that there was not necessarily demand for that product, but he anticipated where that was going. Or the other one I heard was, you know, on, on the he was showing his dad the, uh, the the iPhone prototype, and his dad was like, "Well, I'm, I'm afraid to put that in my pocket; it might get scratched." So you know, Steve Jobs was like, "Oh, wait a minute, we need to have a scratch-proof glass." You know, and I know most of you are probably stunned that your your phone lasts as long as it does. Because uh, I know I've got I've got the case and the screen protector and all that, but if you think about it, that was kind of leading leading the industry. So you should you know, again in, in talking about feedback, and there's several kinds of feedback. You know, feedback is either uh, feedback loop is again what Ken Blanchard in his book Raving Fans he's talking about uh, customer feedback and employer team feedback. Both of those are important. So you need to have some sort of feedback, and you got to be able to take it and react on it. That's all I'm saying. All right, the competition in your industry should be ignored. You are only competing with yourself. Only then will you truly innovate. Because here's the thing, if you're trying to always be a me too, and I see this all the time in a lot of the industries I work in, is they're trying to copy you know, whatever is out there. Quit trying to copy your competition. Okay, I mean, you know, one time you're going to try to copy them way too closely, and it's going to be a disaster. Be original. Because you're only competing with yourself. There's nothing ever really new. It's just nothing under the sun that, that's new. And I know everyone's heard that saying, but I believe, and again, I'm going to the next point here, benchmark and look for ideas in other non-related industries and markets. Stay away from industry groupthink. In fact, I was at worked for a company one time and I brought in some ideas from a completely different industry that would have solved a lot of problems, but they didn't want to take it seriously because it was too foreign. And, oh, that's, that's not for our industry. Who said it had to be? I mean, it was a better way. But anyway, so if you are going to look for other ideas, look in other industries, especially if you have good experiences, whether it's on that cruise ship or a restaurant or a car dealership, how could you take that experience of what they were doing and apply it to your business? All right, last one on this page. Best known is better than the best product or service. And again, I, this a lot of people have, said, have kind of paraphrased this. Here's the thing. There's a lot of noise out there. We're all on social media. We're watching YouTube. We all you know, have, have streaming services and there's commercials that pop up. Here's the thing. Best known is better than the best product or service. There are many excellent products and services that have, have, have we've never heard of and they've gone out of business because they just didn't get known. So this is more of a marketing, you know, comment commentary. Make sure your marketing people are, um, you know, out there really making sure the product is known in the marketplace. Uh, make sure, you know, salespeople, everyone is talking up your product. You know, make sure there's a buzz. So again, best known is better than best product because it is noisy out there, folks. So you have to make some noise. All right. Just a few more. We're getting to the end here. I know you're going on about time. All right. Change is the only constant. Okay, if you're in business, especially, change is the only constant. So you have to embrace it. You have to have a team in a, in a company and a culture that embraces change because it is the only constant. Okay, that's all I'm going to say about that because you know that's true. Trust your gut instinct. I can't tell you how many times I went against my gut and I got burned. 
Okay, so most of us have good gut instincts. So trust your gut, folks. If it doesn't feel right, don't do it. All right. I'm just saying, trust your gut or talk with some other people. And if your gut still feels the same, you know, you're making the right choice. All right. This is another uh, one I've heard from several people, a guy named Brandon Dawson. I've heard him say this a lot too. Ask the right questions. The quality of your questions you ask determines the quality of your answers. And I found that to be true because a lot of times I'll ask a question and they go, well, they they told me. And my first question is, who's they? You know, who's the they that told you that? And it's funny because you ask a general question, you're going to get a general answer. You really, and sometimes you sound like a jerk when you're trying to ask. You know, and again, I'm not saying tough questions. I'm just saying ask good quality questions and communicate well, so you can get the answers that you need. Here's another one: Do not tolerate incompetence or allow it to be weaponized within your business. And people go, "Oh my gosh, that's a provocative statement." Yeah. So you know, there, if you have people that are incompetent, you got to get rid of them. Uh, either got to train them up or get rid of them. If you knowingly have someone who's incompetent, they're going to do so much damage. And that's that's what I mean by allow it to be weaponized. They're going to do so much damage. By the time you realize it, it's going to cost you a lot you know, in terms of people, turnover, customers, and all that. So if you you got to root out incompetence. And again, I'm not saying, you know, there's ignorance. And, and a lot of people go, oh, you said ignorance. That means they just don't know. But train them, all right? Give them the knowledge. But incompetence, to me, is they know better and they still do it anyway. All right. Next one, allow people to make mistakes and fail and then fully support them. Again, I don't know how many positions I've been where I've made a mistake. And man, I was, I was hammered. Oh, I'm going to fire you and all that. It's like the reason I made the mistake is I didn't have the proper training or I didn't understand the vision or the mission of the company. So eh, I'll, I'll take, I'll take it, but companies have some, um, you know, touch in that. So, so, but allow people to make mistakes. I mean, obviously, you know, if it's something illegal or moral or whatever, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about if they're, if someone steps up to the plate, makes a decision and that decision is bad, they make a mistake. You got to support them. All right. That's all I'm saying. Allow people to fully be themselves and grow while maintaining mutual respect. Now this is, you know, diversity, inclusion, and all this other stuff that we hear about now. But, but the bottom line is, just let people be themselves, you know, and, and I think about this, you know, as I get older, I'm, I'm more and more comfortable in my skin. You know, I'm probably, and in fact, I saw a, uh, let me, let me find this real, cause this is really important. It was a, it was something I saw either on LinkedIn or YouTube, but it said, um, and it was a quote by a guy named, uh, Franz Kafka. He said, I was ashamed of myself. Then I realized life was a costume party and I attended it with my real face. Wow. And I'll say that one more time. I was ashamed of myself when I realized life was a costume party and I attended with my real face. Well, you know what, folks? I'm here to tell you, attend it with your real face. Be who you are. I mean, if you're a jerk, yeah, you, you probably got to change. But what I'm saying is be yourself. That's, that's really, I guess, all I'm saying with that is be yourself. All right. Last one. People are what make it happen. So you got to hire well. People you know, I know we talk about AI, you know, we got robotics and we got automation. We have all this stuff. At the end of the day, you're only good as your weakest link. People make it happen, so you got to hire well. That means when you have a vision and when you have core values, right, You want and you have a certain culture, you want to make sure you run your, your candidates through that to make sure they're a good fit. Okay? Because, yeah, I mean, you could always train people, but if they get it, if they, if they match your culture... And you could do that a couple different ways. There's a lot of, you know, DISC person, which, by the way, I, you know, we are a DISC uh, certified consultant. So DISC personality or personality assessment or just talk to them. But if you feel like they're a fit, you know, they get your culture, they get your 
your vision, they're excited about your vision, man, that's 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 what you need. So people are, are what makes it happen, so hire well. Now the last one, now if you've seen uh, the movie Shoe Dog, this is a story about Phil Knight Nike. Uh, back in the early, you know, late 60s, early 70s, Nike published this kind of little manifesto <laughs> of these 10 points. But the last one, you know, and it was, it was talking about a lot of stuff, kind of like I am, you know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, and, you know, and that's kind of was their guiding principles. But the last one was this, and I'll quote, lastly, if you do most of the above, making money will be almost automatic. Say that again. If you do most of these things, making money will be almost automatic. And that's what I strive for. If you could, if you could stay true to that, stay with it, stay the course, money is, is it's, it's automatic, all right? Who, would, who wants that to happen in their business? I do. I'm going to wrap it up with this. As I move forward and periodically as I kind of reset my compass, as I kind of have, you know, some downtime, some reflection time, I hope that I can look back and say that I provided massive value to those around me. I exceeded expectations. I supported those who needed it. I was a decent and kind individual and grew personally and professionally. So again, I'm just saying success and significance, you could do it. Um, it's not hard. In fact, a lot of people just give up. So let's 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 do it. Let's go as Steve, I think as Steve Jobs said this, let's go put a dent in the universe. I like that. You know, I'm gonna put a little dent if I can. I just, that's what I wanna do. Anyway, that is it. That's all I've got. That is my manifesto. That is, have you recalibrated your compass lately? All right, season three, episode eight. And again, remember, 45 Life Coach, all right? If you, uh, there's a link below uh, to the website. If you've got any questions, you need some coaching, or if your company needs a coaching, coaching package, or if you need some executive coaching or team coaching or, you know, mastermind groups or some lunch and learns, we would be very, very happy to help you. But we can't help you if we don't hear from you. Anyway, again, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next time. Bye.